You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Ah, this movie reminds me of the last words my grandfather said to me before he died. He said, son, (laughs) (laughs) old Robin Williams joke. And I mean, very old. We're here to talk about the new horror film, son. That's the same vintage as his his impression of a hot dog. (laughs) It is indeed. (laughs) I mean, I think it was literally his first comedy record. (laughs) My grandfather, not the one who died, but the other one used to say, you can fool some of the people some of the time and jerk the rest off. Mm, Crazy. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know why we're getting into Robin Williams. There's no comedy, intentional comedy anyway, in this film, son, which is directed by Ivan Kavanaugh, who is a name hadn't immediately associated with films that I like, but he has done films that I liked. He did 20, 14's The Canal, which I thought was an excellent horror film that opened up at Tribeca. And then he did 2019's actually kind of criminally underseen, and stay with me here, Never Grow Old, which was a revisionist Western with Emil Hirsch and John Cusack in it. I know. No, that sounds interesting. It was actually really good. I can't believe I liked that film. So now he's doing Sun, which is coming out on Shudder. He's an Irish filmmaker, for the record. And Sun follows Andy Matichak, who plays a character, Laura. When we first meet her, she's like bleeding and she's fucked up and she's on the run from something clearly. And then she gets back in her car, but then pulls over and she has a baby. And she's like, ah, there's blood coming out. And the baby comes out. She's like, no, I don't want you. I don't want you. Baby comes out. And she's like, baby, I do want you. So flash the years later, kid is like, I don't know how old they said, like, it looked like nine. Yeah, he looked like eight to ten range kind of thing. It's like, oh, he's like full of joy and needs a haircut. But he's like (laughs) running around and she seems happy. By the way, if you recognize her, it's because she played Jamie Curtis's granddaughter in the Halloween movie in 2018. Which I didn't immediately pick up on. And the two forthcoming ones. They live a life of what seems to be relatively normal. She is a single mom because presumably the dad is um, not good on some level. We just don't know the details. But she wakes up one night. She hears a noise and she's like, thinks her son is out. And she goes to her son's room and there's all these people standing around her son's bed. And she's like, what the fuck? And the door slams in her face and she's freaking out. She bangs on the neighbor's door. Help, help. And she goes and calls the cops and the people are gone. When she gets back, kid doesn't remember anything happening. She's like, what the, what just happened? The cop played by Emil Hirsch is like, once again, obviously, I guess these two like working together, telling his other cop friends, stop being a dick. Okay. I'm gonna, I got this one. I believe you that this happened, but it would be hard for anyone to believe someone coming with the story, right? But he's being really nice about it. After all this, suddenly the kid gets drastically crazy fucked up sick out of nowhere, like covered with weird welts and fucking thrashing around. Like, what the fuck? There's a lot of blood. That kid is just bloody all the time. They bring him to the hospital and they're like, we have no fucking idea what is wrong with this kid. We have like tried (laughs) absolutely everything and we have no idea. And then the kid is well again, just like that. Like, what? nothing happened. Weird shit continues to happen. Clearly, the cop is interested in more, it seems like, than just being a good cop. Even though she's giving yeah. all the red flags up to that point. 
who's like, okay, no, I'm here for you. I'm here. What do you need? The father, one side, the police and the official story is that it was her own father who raped her repeatedly and also was paid by other people to rape her as well. So child of a thousand maniacs. Her story is that it was part of a devilish cult. And they're like, well, there was never any evidence that there was a cult. So what's really going on here? Well, the fact that the son is like going through these weird phases of getting like near death and then getting hungry certainly raises questions. But is it real? Is it Memorex? What's happening? We don't know. This is the story of son, a mother and son on the run. <laughs> you explained so much movie in that plot right there. Son's on the run. <laughs> son's on the run. Uh, Join me is Adrian. Hello. Justin. Hey, son. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and Matt. Hello. I found that this was a really competently made film, and I don't mean that as like faint praise. I really do. I think it's very well made. I just think there's not a lot about it you don't see coming ahead of time. This movie hits all the tropes. It is, has all the tropes you can think of for horror movies happen at some point in this. Even some of the egregious ones that I thought we retired by this point in horror movies. Like there's <laughs> one that happens in the third act. You're like, oh, that's the big one that nobody's supposed to do anymore. And you guys just flat out did it right there. I think I kind of know what you're talking about, but I thought that scene was actually kind of effective. And this movie, yeah, it has some cliches. There are movies that come out that are horror that are, like, really fun and entertaining. This is not one of them. This is, like, a rough, ugly experience. But at the same time, it is a horror movie. I guess it is kind of doing its job. Very bloody, but not in, like, an entertaining way. The blood that looks incredibly fake in a lot of the... Like, there is one scene where someone is, like, being very bloodily mutilated. My wife and I couldn't stop laughing at it, because it's, like, literally somebody spraying a hose in the dude's face. <laughs> during that yeah, but that's shot. how you do, like, blood of that type right. Or it doesn't work. If it just looks like actual blood, you'd be like, well, that's not that much blood. <laughs> It's like an evil dead shot almost when it happened. It's just like, whoa, what? This is one definitely going for darkness. It wants to be dark and effective and like unbearable. And the problem is, like I said, it's too much of it is predictable, mm -hmm. I thought, for it to really work on that level. But one really big thing working against it, and I've noticed this in even other films I've liked with him in it in the past several years, it's like Emile Hirsch isn't really trying anymore. I thought he was out and out terrible in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like just wow how do you keep getting work i thought that for two-thirds of the movie <laughs> and then i was like okay maybe that's characterization i mean but even then the acting that killed it for me was the kid oh uh -huh. yeah not that the kid is a bad child actor it's that the kid is about 14 and he's like playing essentially a six-year-old for a kid that's supposed to be a creepy kid i don't know if they shaved this kid's eyebrows or what but this is a creepy looking kid <laughs> were you scared by him because i just couldn't stop thinking wow she gave birth to the fourth member of hansen <laughs> there, there are points where it's like he's just kind of in the background and a little out of focus and it looks like he just has black eyes and it's just like get, get away from this kid what are you doing no mother can love their kid this much. He's not spooky. He's just weird looking. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're an odd looking kid. But he's also that kid. You're like, you're one of those kids who grows up to be fucking Brad Pitt, who everybody made fun of in school because they're a little off. But then they grow into it. And you're like, oh, my God, that guy's gorgeous. Yeah, I didn't find him particularly effective as a creepy villain or a creepy thing at all in this movie. The only part that actually scared me or startled me at any point in this film was the first time he vomits up blood where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know, because it's just you don't expect that when it happens. And it's like, OK. Okay, that one moment he sold pretty well. This had one of my favorite genre movie drink wins in it. 
Drink when someone shows a public domain cartoon and a kid acts transfixed by it. <laughs> like a junior high age kid in 2021 is sitting and watching just like some old like Snaggletooth era cartoons. He's watching Fleischer cartoons, it looks like. He's giggling like he finds them very funny. <laughs> One of them even sounds like it's dubbed over. Like that's not the actual audio in the cartoon. I think the intended tone is that like it's extremely creepy that he wakes up after the incident that happens and is just like ready for a complete breakfast and watching his Saturday cartoons the next day. <laughs> I, I think that they were going for something, but is this kid okay? <laughs> no, the kid is clearly not okay. Mommy, can I have food now? He's like <laughs> mentally six. Yeah. And he's clearly of an age when he can, like, almost reach the pedals on a car. Yeah, he should be cooking. <laughs> like, there's a scene where she picks him up and, like, physically checks him out of the hospital. It's obvious that the kid weighs, like, 140 pounds. <laughs> She's carrying someone. She almost has to, like, fireman carry him out of the hospital because she can't really pick him up. And, and it's like the script was written for it to be like a kindergartner and be really creepy and Chucky-like. And this was the kid that they got for some rule of labor reason or they liked his read the best or whatever but it also like kind of sabotages the movie yeah and part of the problem going back to what chris is saying about emil hirsch i mean yes emil hirsch is barely trying in this movie and yet there's something about him where he at least can hold a scene if he was given any form of good dialogue in this movie which he isn't to be honest but i also kind of felt that way about andy matichak she's kind of just sleepwalking through this movie until one scene in the climax where she wakes up to do some acting she's okay and there's only one scene in the movie where she's like okay now i'm gonna give it my all i didn't mind the meal hirsch but maybe i'm just kind of like biased i mean like i love him in movie i'm blanking out 2007 where he got like nominated for an oscar uh, into so. the wild he's amazing in that to the yeah. point where it's like i like this dude so seeing him in this movie, it's like, I don't know, I guess he's just kind of playing himself. I know, that's what was frustrating, because I know he's a good actor. So what was that shit? It just feels like he's like, I can't get roles anymore, which he can't. Yeah. You know, his career got murdered, and apparently just terrible on-set behavior. I forget, there was something else, too. It's like, he's like, I'm too good for this, so I'm just not even going to try. Know. I don't know. I have his IMDb up right here, and like he's been doing pretty good. What was the last thing he did? That Mel Gibson movie? He's in a lot of movies, just not high-profile ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because I just overall, the movie itself, I'm not really a big fan of it. I, I thought it was kind of just middling, but so maybe that's why it, it wasn't enough for me to notice, oh, he's like the bad part of this. I think like it's all kind of just eh. I'm the other way where I actually really liked Andy Matichek in this. I thought she was quite good in this. I was surprised because okay. I was not that impressed with her in Halloween. And here I was like, wow, I, I like her. Also think she's unbelievably hot, but that has nothing to do with it, of course. <laughs> she's, I'm a critic. I would never. <laughs> the Assimilated or Assimilate or something like that. Right before Halloween came out and it was just low budget body snatchers thing. Very reminiscent of the faculty. To my point. <laughs> <laughs> like, she kind of carried that. I just kind of made a note that, like, out of the, all the people in this, she'll get more work. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's appearing in the next two Halloween films, and she's also had a lot of success on television as well. I think the biggest problem with this movie is not anything technical, and it's not Emile Hirsch's bad acting. It's that there's nothing really terribly or wildly original here. It's going for, at points, being very super dark. It's going for, oh, this is a twist movie, but there's no way you can't see where this is going by the midway point. Then I don't know what movie you were watching. It's well enough shot of a film. I like the gore that's in there on the whole. I'm with it. 
I just kind of was hoping it was going to lead me somewhere more interesting than it did. It does have one massive plot hole, which is that if the group of people surrounding the kid in the beginning are real, why don't they just take the kid? <laughs> How do they go out unnoticed? There's 30 of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's literally, there's barely room for anybody else in the room. There's a lot of stuff that happens that's totally like... Wait, how do we get here in this movie? Because the movie wants you to constantly be questioning, well, what is real? Is she crazy? Or is there really a cult? Is there really like metaphysical stuff going on here? And the problem is, is that like, if it's metaphysical, why would they do things the way that they do them? This seems like a very inefficient way of getting what you want. And if she's crazy, then... There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, exactly. even more so. We're like, well, how did that even happen if there wasn't metaphysical stuff happening? Anyway, let's go to final thoughts. Justin, get us started. Okay, good. Starting low, because I really did not like this movie at all. Like you said, it's competently made in the sense that it's clearly a very small budget film. They have like five locations for almost the entire shoot of this movie. But they use them well enough. There's some decent lighting parts. There's some very obvious, like, 80s touches they do, like, in one motel, especially with big neon lights, which I'm like, okay, that looks cool. It looks kind of very Argento-ish in certain shots. But I felt that the biggest disservice, like you said, is that it's super predictable. It draws heavily from other movies. Like, there's so many things they crib directly from, like, Rosemary's Baby and Hereditary and a whole bunch of other better movies. Not great acting. I feel bad for Andy Matichak and Emil Hirsch because, like you said, they're barely trying. But it's because outside of, like, a couple select scenes, they're not really given a whole lot to do. You know, they just have to follow their notes and follow along where the plot takes them. There's no character development for it. I found myself being really bored at some point. The only parts I woke up, again, there was one climactic sequence that happens, which totally ends on an anticlimactic note. But right before that, when it's building up the tension, you're like, okay, this could lead to somewhere really cool. I got kind of some unintentional laughs throughout it, especially one part where they meet the dude who takes off every box of generic toxic males that you can never think of. Where they meet this pimp. You're like, oh, let's see. Uh, shaved head, beard drinks abusive to women <laughs> it's like the only thing he failed to do is ask her about joe rogan <laughs> no and he's a robo pimp let's not forget right he's he's a cyborg <laughs> <laughs> i looked that up and that guy does not actually have that so why is it even there someone decided to that that was a necessary characterization for him and then it has no effect on the story other than make he has a stoma for like a cigarette emphysema surgery yeah, that was just um, odd choices for this. But he's also like 35 and like a 265 pound cut guy. <laughs> so it's like, how did, what? What a weirdly arbitrary decision. A young fit man that also smoked, you know, he smoked so much meth that he got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. But yeah, I I was not very thrilled with this movie. It's far from the worst thing I've had to see for horror movies this year. But for me, I gotta give it four out of ten totally illogical reasons why she had to ask people to call the police if she had a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, she ran to the house, call the police, rather than use her home line or her cell phone that they clearly established her owning <laughs> up to that point yeah that i forgot about that that's like wait what maybe okay maybe they cut a scene where she picked up the phone and it was like he is coming i don't know Who knows? oh i forgot too uh, the, my favorite person in this whole movie is this one character they meet partway through the film played by blaine may as like an old friend of hers from when they were kids that dude clearly thought he was going to get an oscar for this role because he put his all into this role <laughs> he smoked that meth that matt was talking about 
even that scene though like that feels like they wanted it to be this really creepy texas chainsaw massacre type house with the bone wind chimes and the real bad vibes and then they go into it and he's gonna be all strung out like the sloth guy in seven and then they realize like she would leave her kid in the car and then this couldn't happen that way <laughs> they also figured we can't be too on the nose with these uh, references <laughs> Yeah, we still have to rip off Angel Heart later, so come on. <laughs> and so instead we get this scene where he's just like running a kind of fucked up Etsy shop. Like he just makes a lot of crosses and he's the stuff's on the walls, but he hasn't done the red string His yet. customer reviews are very high, actually. <laughs> That's half of the Etsy shops. <laughs> Matt, what is your final thoughts? I think we're running in a pack on this. There's no reason to watch this if you're not starved for material everything this does hereditary does better the correctness and the validity and the good stuff that's here is not really worth watching it unless you're out of horror movies it's just another one that does happen to me sometimes <laughs> it's above the latter day trauma slush pile the garbage that gets put on amazon prime without having the proof checked <laughs> but it's not anything that you would want to spend your theater dollar on if there were theaters anymore <laughs> I guess I give it about um, five out of ten Goshik demons that we should stop reusing. <laughs> Adrian. I mean, I mean, the movie is called Sun because they can't just outright call it the Omen. And I'm not talking about, like, <laughs> comparisons and themes. There is a scene that you could put side by side, and it's like the same scene from the Omen. This movie is filled with references and, unfortunately, references to better films. Matt nailed it on the head. This just kind of feels like, oh, here's another horror movie. Which is a shame because I really like this guy's last horror film that he did. It has some good stuff visually. Like there's a, a very effective use of blood because it mostly has to do with the kid throwing it up everywhere. It is one of those like, okay, we're going to be a horror movie, but we're going to be depressing and it's just not going to feel good. And it, there's an audience for that. I don't think I'm the audience for that. But then it did this egregious thing where the kid's clearly playing Resident Evil, like PS1 Resident Evil. And he hasn't paused, but the game is still moving. And that's just like... <laughs> that was his stop point. And he's like, no, I know that game. I, I finally understand how my dad feels during war movies where he's like, this won't happen. Like, yeah, I get it. This won't happen. This is egregious. And uh, I'm going to give this two creepy ass kids <laughs> out of five. <laughs> Look, I think this was actually really well shot. It's just really badly written. Mm -hmm. I really liked Andy Matichek in here. I thought she actually brought a lot to mediocre material. I think every scene she has with Emile Hirsch, I'm just like, the only reason you would be attracted to him at all is because you're scared and want a cop around to protect you. And that's about it. Because he is getting kind of paunchy and <laughs> he's just like bland as fuck. There's nothing interesting about that guy in this movie and maybe not otherwise. I don't know. His partner stole everything they were in together. Yeah. He was way more interesting. And he's got barely any lines, but he steals the, the, each scene. It's true. Clearly a much better police officer. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> everyone's right and they say like this is borrowing heavily from so many other better horror films which is part of why it's so utterly predictable in the end you're just like there's a point you're just waiting for it to play out i wasn't bored it's well paced i thought it moves pretty quickly from one thing to the next the smart move would have gone okay you've already had a certain amount of gore 
there's an expectation of where this is leading. Maybe you should have just gone all out with the gore. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a point where like that would have saved this movie if they were like, okay, now it's going to be a fucking grand Guignol of like crazy fucking monster running around, just ripping people to shreds left and right. Yeah, I would have been here for that shit, but that's not what we get. We get, is it real? Is it in our head? Is it just, is it Damien the Omen or is it Angel Heart? Or... Okay, fine. I would never tell someone I hated this. Don't watch it. But I think for the more experienced and jaded horror fan, this isn't going to do much for him. For people who are like, I like a horror movie every now and then. You'll be like, yeah, this is probably fine. You'll be like, ooh, it was scary. Wasn't that scary to me. Uh, I'm going to give this five and a half out of ten times. I'll definitely go back and rewatch The Canal instead of this, which is a much better movie. Go seek that one out. It's really good. It's really good. I almost want to see his Western film. That sounds way more interesting than the stuff we had to watch in this one. But Emil Hirsch is also kind of bland. <laughs> like, what are you doing? How come no one gives us the real Western horror movie that we want? They've tried a couple times. They're just never quite what we want them to be. I mean, you saw one where there were the bur- the burrowers. Oh, the burrow was good. Yeah, yeah that was good. pretty good, but it should have been better. You're like, oh, it's an Old West Tremors. Why aren't you better? Which is funny because then Tremors <laughs> did Old West Tremors in one of their sequels. So. Well, yeah, but that was at that point. Those things are just like a cash in, you know? You just want it to be an undead cowboy. You want the movie to consistently and constantly invoke the entire Motorhead catalog and conclude with the titles <laughs> going out on Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. Yeah, no, you want them to find a sacred old school Gatlin gun with like a chrome skull mounted on it while they play like Ace of Spades and the hero just mows down like hordes of Western zombies coming out. Yeah, and, and you don't want the protagonist should not be some lame ass human that's like, oh no, it would be bad if we turned into undead gunslingers <laughs> and fights to avoid obviously the coolest fucking thing ever the entire movie the lead character should be like the blade of undead gunslingers right like he's like well he's half human half undead gunslinger and now he hunts them (laughs) well i i I give that movie five out of five (laughs) already i want a preacher spinoff where the saint of killers just walks down the eastern seaboard smacking people that offend me like michael douglas and falling down but with superpowers (laughs) Uh, is that so much to ask hollywood (laughs) 